Welcome back to Joy Gasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Steve Avich. And we return you to your regularly scheduled program in episode 144 today, October 26th, 2019. I know that we have taken a week off due to a certain someone getting hitched. And as a result, this is going to be a slightly shorter program than normal. But uh, we thought it would be fun to be able to catch up with, with each other and then have a few little news items in the gaming and movie world, followed by our topic of the day, which is the Zombieland Double Tap movie review, which we have just returned from seeing. But I would say... Probably the big thing on both our minds is that Steve is officially off the market. Isn't that right, Steve? Sorry, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) So he got married last weekend and wow, what a, what a fun time. What a a life changing experience for you. The, just the, that chapter of your life as a, a bachelor has ended and you're starting a new chapter with Right. The room was full of love. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was. If I could do it all over again, I'd still do it all over again, Russ. I'm actually really glad that you guys picked the church uh, that you did just because um, it was the church that our parents got married in. And I don't think either one of us had ever stepped foot on that property until it was around the time. I I assume that you probably scoped out the property ahead of time, right? No. So, I did, so I, well, I scoped it via Google. Oh, <laughs> satellite <laughs> footage. So that's really cool because um, I, that was one of the things that I found myself looking at too. Was just like, I don't really know what to expect. I've seen a very finite amount of photos, as I'm sure you have as well, of when our parents were young, youthful, and healthy, and they were just married. And but there were there really wasn't a lot of property-oriented shots, and so I found myself kind of in a a pensive mood of sorts before your ceremony uh, took off, just being able to look around. I actually still haven't seen the entire property. Did you have a chance to look around? No. I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to get some extra shots, and I know there's like a walkway or a pathway that heads down. Yeah. Uh, But... No, we did. We, we didn't. We had somewhat of a mild emergency mm. that took up a bunch of time for us uh, to take care of, and then we couldn't explore because of that. Well, what was interesting too is the the day itself. Like there was kind of a misty rain that was going on during yeah. the morning, and that kind of put everybody a little on edge because we're thinking, "Oh no, you know, we want to make sure that Steve and Sarah have perfect weather." And uh, luckily, it burned off. Like by the time the ceremony was over, the Sun had poked out and said, hello. And you're able to see the nice view. By the time I said, I do, so do the clouds. Yeah. Or the clouds says, I don't. And then they left. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they say, I, I, okay, fine. That's I'm what out. They said. <laughs> and of course, I was staring as your best man at the back of your bald head. Right. Which was cleanly shaved. It was indeed. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where like when you're in that position, You really can't see. The only face I could see was the preacher. I couldn't (laughs) see you or and Sarah. I I got kind of a glimpse of like one of her eyeballs, and that was about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing the photos and the video. Do you have any idea when those will be ready? Well, the photos should uh, the video. I don't. I'm not sure. The photos should be ready maybe by the end of the month. Yeah, because he says October is like he had nothing going for October, at least when we got married. So he has nothing else to work on except for us. Awesome. That's all he's paying attention to. So that's 
pretty quick. I'm like, look, I don't know how long wedding photos take to edit, but uh, I'm just saying, you don't have to rush to get us these. I want to make sure you, you take yeah. the time to edit these. He said, hey, I'm, I'm taking the time. I just, I didn't have anything else booked up for this time of the month. And so I'm just working on your stuff. Now, there were a couple of memorable situations at your wedding. Uh, first of all was the, the ring debacle. Right. And it, it is, I don't know, like, it's, <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, you're, you're obviously going to look back on it. It's going to make for a fun story. It already is a fun story. right? But I'm going to set this up. I want you to, to, to run with it. But, like, essentially what happened was um, the, it came time for the ring exchange. Right. And when it came to you putting the ring onto Sarah's finger, the ring wasn't fitting. Right. I'm assuming that she had already tried that ring on ahead of time and it fit. Is that correct? That is not correct. Oh, so what happened was with the engagement ring that I, I, I had already measured her ring finger like uh-huh. years in advance. I figured this is, this is heading in this direction. Back I was going to She prepare. was 18 years yeah. old. I measured her finger. Yeah. So, you know, she's uh, a fitness buff. And so she's been working out and everything while well, her fingers kind of swole. Right. So the engagement ring didn't fit. It fit, but it didn't fit comfortably. And so too we, big or too small, too small. That was the engagement ring. That was the engagement ring. And so we had that one resized, but the ring maker forgot to record the size. He just went, okay, let me, re- let me measure your ring again. Are you, or, or, excuse me, your, your finger again. And then, okay, now we're good to go. <laughs> so I thought I, I mentioned to him at the time, Hey, make sure you got that size down. Cause I don't know that size you do. You're the one who took the last measurement. He goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure thing. So it t- came time yeah. to get the, the wedding band. And so I thought that he had taken, and I think actually I clarified with him. So that's the, that's the latter size. He goes, yeah. I'm like, great. Well, he wasn't, <laughs> it was the size before. So, uh, it was the same problem that we had when I proposed to her, but it was just on stage in front of a hundred people right. and cameras and video. And I was like, uh, it's not fitting. I couldn't get it. O- get, couldn't get it over the knuckle. Right. Yeah. So, I'm up there trying to get the ring on and it's not going past her knuckle. And so after a few glances to the left and to the right and to the, to, to the pastor, he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, it's not fitting. And then after some chuckles, I said, let's just, it's on. Let's just yeah, get yeah. this thing going. And to the pastor's credit, even in the rehearsal the night before, he was even talking about how if there's any kind of trouble with the ring, you know, just... You don't have to like freak out about it or right. focus on it. Just we'll just keep going. And I'm right. glad that that he said that ahead of time. Right. Yes. So, by the way, mm. uh, actually, no. I'll hold out to the end. So, <coughs> anyhow, <coughs> we're walking out, feeling happy. My ring fits just absolutely fine. By the way, yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> nice know. looking ring. I don't yeah. know if I had a chance to compliment you on it. Thank you. So we walk out. And the bridal party is having a good time, high-fiving, butt-goose and stuff like that. Hey, good game. Good job. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and so I tell my bride, hey, don't force it. We'll get this fixed ASAP as soon mm-hmm. as we get there. I just, I don't want to get stuck on your finger because then you're not going to be able to get it off. Right. She says, okay, and then turns to her bridesmaids and I see her make this face. Of, I'm like, no. And she goes, and like finally forces it on there. And I look at her and I said, that's not coming off, you know? And, uh, I remember my, our uncle said, well, that's the idea. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. Okay. Funny. So we're going to take some more shots and 
We do get the family photos done. We're gonna you know, <laughs> yeah. Those are photos, not uh, cocktails. Or, yeah, or right. Yeah. Literal uh, <laughs> liquor shots. <laughs> I was gonna say if you guys did that, maybe that was the problem. Yeah, your really. fingers are starting to swell. <laughs> hey, it won't come off. And so we we're gonna film this final exit scene for the little for the videographer. And Sarah says, I can't bend my finger. Mm-hmm. I can't bend my finger. And so she's in the bathroom with your wifey as well and some of her bridesmaids. And we're trying Crisco. We're trying vegetable oil. We're trying butter. We're trying soap and water. Well, okay. So let me, let me pause you right, right there really quick. So I don't remember if we even talked about this on a previous episode of Joygasm. We might have, but I think it was like a month or two ago my wife had the same type of problem with her wedding ring where um, somehow it like got stuck on and she couldn't get it off and she was starting to lose circulation and her, her finger was swelling, turning purple and stuff. So we had to get it off. And just to make it really quick, um, we ended up having to take her over to a local fire department. And um, we were thinking that they were going to have to cut it off. But actually, they instead went to the fridge and they had like this Costco sized tub of butter and the firefighter just like, he just took his hand and just totally grabbed like a softball sized amount of butter and just like completely enveloped Leslie's hand with the butter. And he was able to get the ring off. So they didn't have to do any cutting or anything. And and she was all relieved. And it's weird. It's almost like, like that was kind of like the precursor to this situation. So go ahead. So we tried everything underneath the sun. She was trying to do the string trick we were, we were putting, you know, holding her hand over her head and putting it in a bucket of ice to trying to get the swelling down. Right. Nothing was working. So uh, we had to call the, the paramedics and. Well, okay. So our mom. Yeah. Dial 911. Yeah. She starts oh, freaking man. out, wanting someone to dial 911. I'm looking at her and I'm saying, we're not going to dial 911. Yeah. This is not some sort of huge emergency. I'll just Google up what the local fire department phone number is and I'll call them. And so I did. And, and it was just very, just. Casual. Yeah. Call them casual and just, Hey, this is the situation. And so they ended up sending out the, their uh, paramedics team out to the church. And of course I talked to, to Sarah to say, Hey, you know, this is a great opportunity to document this entire thing. I know it's kind of stressful right now, but you're going to wish you had it. Is it okay if I tell the guys to film this and stuff? And she was a good sport. She said, yeah, that's fine. So went over and told the guys the, the situation. And so they were prepped and ready. They had the drone in the sky yep. and they had their cameras ready to go. And I was like, yeah, you need to film as much as you can get away with. Uh, Cause this is going to be gold right. right here. So, yeah. So they bring her in and uh, I, they said everyone else could not enter the post wedding party wagon. <laughs> yes. Post paramedic party wagon. And so we'll just ride just Marion on the, uh, the, the, the ambulance. Be right, great. That's it. And so literally like, hands on the bottom would be perfect. Right. And about a minute and a half later, no screaming. She came out. It's off. I'm like, okay. And they just had to cut the bottom. Of I it, did see the little like mini bandsaw thing. Did you see it? I did not. I did. I was like, Oh yeah. So when we saw the, um, the, the ring maker, when we got back, it turns out that uh, Windex does the trick. And so because her, we had eaten, I mean, I guess we had eaten some, some salty food and she had sodium. Yeah. Sodium. She got swelled up again and she couldn't get even the cut ring off of her finger. And she's like, yeah, okay. I can really force it, but they go watch this. They go and spray a little Windex and it comes right off. I was like, wow. Yeah. There are a lot of different things that can be helpful. I mean, I mean, even dish soap, 
I think you know, we tried that too. Yeah. Like there are quite a few different things that um, can actually be very helpful in getting rings off. And it's funny how like every situation, it's just a different thing. Cause right. like we tried Windex, I believe I'll, I'll have to double check with my wife, but I believe she may have tried that and it didn't work, but then mm. the butter did work. Mm, it's just, okay. I don't know. It's just kind of funny how that all pans out. But so anyway, getting the ring off, uh, everybody heads out, you know, where we're, we're heading to the reception and whatnot. Now I'm assuming that you are up to speed as to the marriage certificate status. <sighs> yes. So <laughs> I am. Um, so we need that desperately because my bride can't work anywhere because of all this legal stuff of her becoming a U.S. citizen from a Canadian citizen, it's a bunch of bureaucracy. And so she cannot file her change of status from her fiance visa to her working visa until we have this marriage certificate. And so what happened was on the marriage certificate, the pastor, I, I, I believe, was talking with other people. Yes. And I can fill you in on this. Okay. Yeah. Because that's basically all I know. And he wrote down the wrong address. And so legally, they couldn't file it correctly because we put down something else versus what's on the marriage certificate. So I'm going to back up a little bit here. What was really funny was we ended up getting back to our parents' house and everybody's just letting down and we're getting out of the tuxedos and just putting on comfortable clothes. And it, by this point, it's like 1130 at night. And all of a sudden our mom like just lurches forward from the couch and clasps her mouth with both hands, like does this gasp. And we're all just like, what the heck? And I mean, her eyes are just wide, just huge. Like she's just staring ahead and it's just like, what are you, what's, what are you doing? And at that point, she realized she forgot to get the marriage certificate and bring it home with her. It was still at the reception. I heard about this part. And so both she and dad had to like somehow make themselves uh, halfway dressed and then blast back down. Luckily, one of the people who uh, was cleaning up the venue ended up taking the manila envelope that contained the certificate and placed it in the office, which I thought, well, way to go, person. That's yeah, really cool. Staff was on it for sure. So... We thought that that was the end of it, but then when it came time for her to try and register the, the certificate with the county clerk, the, the I guess the clerk looked at it and was like, uh, there's a problem here. And she was like, what's the problem? And that's when that whole thing came in where apparently when the pastor was going through and uh, writing out all the stuff. Cause I had to sign it too. I signed the certificate as a witness and so did the maid of honor. And you know, we, we well, were trying you, to, Russ. well, you know, thank you very much. My, my autograph will be worth something someday <laughs> and you will have a copy of it. Did you sign a toast of 360 or did you sign it? Russell? Oh, I had to sign my <laughs> real name. But, uh, the, the issue at hand, like you said, was the address where apparently the, some of the guests that he was sitting at, um, at the same table during the reception was watching him fill out the various information and they started to insist that it wasn't the, the correct city name that he was about to put down. And I guess they ended up convincing him. They psyched him out. And so then he ended up putting this other city name and that was the big problem. And so I'm not even sure what, what the most up to the second information is on that. I don't know if you know what it is or not, but like, I can't, I guess like there is a possibility where like they're going to have to refill out a brand new 
certificate or something, but do you know anymore? Yeah, they have to fill out some amendment to the certificate. It's going to get done. It's going to be fine, but uh, it's just (laughs) one extra delay, of course, in the whole entire process. And another story. Right. See, like, there are people out there who just say, yeah, we went to the ceremony. It was nice and lovely. We went to the reception. It was fun. And that's all I have to say. Right. There's not drama and conflict (laughs) that has, you know, triumphant resolutions to, so... Good on you. Thank you. Congratulations. I appreciate it, Russ. I know that that, that has been front of and center for you. And of course, you got, just got back to Texas. Texas. And so, um, have you had a chance to, I mean, obviously you, you saw Zombieland, but have you had a chance to play anything or watch anything? Or yes. Has, oh, you have. So, I have <laughs> been waiting for the Overwatch Halloween Terror and of course, the, it drops when I think the game comes out for the week, for the the switch. That's and, when they were going to drop it. Yes, and so the Tuesday I leave is the Tuesday they let it go, and so that was the first game I played when I came back. And of course, it's kind of monotonous. And she wanted to watch me play it, and I said, "This is going to go on for a while." Like you know, I, I'd love for you to watch me play it. You can if you want, but you might be a little bit bored. She just was happy to be at my side. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. She just wants to hang out. And uh, so I played that. And then we watched both Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2 oh. one night and then the second those night. Those fun. Yeah. By the way. Has she seen those before? She said she had, but then okay. she was saying she this whole thing didn't look familiar to her. So maybe she had a while ago. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, so we're all prepped for Bad Boys 3. Excellent. Or Bad Boys for Life. But we both feel like really cussed out because <laughs> we oh, so yeah. much cuss. We're like, ah. Okay, language. We need to read a book. Yeah. Tolkien. You know, give me some Tolkien. <laughs> Where's the bar? Soap. <laughs> so anyhow, that's basically about it. I mean, we watched Zombieland uh, Double Tap today. Uh-huh. W tap on the back. And so yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, we watched, we were slacking through a bunch of Netflix stuff, but uh, oh, you know what? I started to watch, actually, no, I, I got almost all the way through London Boulevard with Colin Farrell and Kira Knightley. And I thought that was going to be good. And that is boring. It's like, it is <laughs> like, there is so much talking. I'm three quarters of the way through. And I'm like, is anything going to happen in this movie besides talking? Is there anything that's going to happen? The preview was so good. Mm. Anyhow, I might finish. I got to send it back. But uh, what have you been up to, Russ? You just got back not too long ago. I did. You know, you guys got back here before I did. And I came back and it was it's just great. You know, I, we were out for about eight days and it was fun to be able to visit folks in California and be able to meet up with friends I hadn't seen in years as well as family. And so, but I mean, by the time it was time to come back, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I think the whole family is ready to get back. And um, especially like given like that there was like some sort of random hot spell that occurred where the last couple of days we were there, it was like 89 degrees. Wow. Like super dry, super hot. And of course our parents have no air conditioning in their house. And so, and apparently we left at just the right time because now there are more fires that are going on, I think in Geyserville or something. Yeah. Well, they're now having to evacuate, um, Healdsburg. Yeah. Windsor. Yeah. So this is the third year in the row they've had fires in the exact same spot. It's crazy. So when I got back, um, well, and before I even say that, I mean, we, of course, we hope that everybody stays safe. No one gets hurt. You know, we, we actually have uh, friends of ours who lost their homes, I think it was last year's fire. So, I mean, this is just kind of almost like PTSD all over again. Um, but anyway, 
when I got back, I realized that The Outer Worlds is now available on Game Pass, on Xbox Game Pass. And if you recall, Obsidian Entertainment is the company that has made this RPG, and they are the ones who made Fallout New Vegas. And so it's this uh, kind of uh, quirky, eccentric sci-fi RPG kind of thing. And um, I put about 30 minutes into it and um, I'm liking it so far. I think it's fun. I think that the graphics, they just, you know, these types of games tend to kind of suffer a bit in the graphics department just because the worlds are so big and they have so many items in it and that sort of thing. And so you have the, the graphics fidelity take kind of a backseat. It almost looks like an Xbox 360 title. But in terms of the dialogue, the story, um, the, just some of the gameplay aspects and stuff, I'm going to give it a, a fair shot. And like I said, I mean, it, it is uh, just, a, it seems to be so far a fun, enjoyable game just to kind of engross myself into. So start doing that. Um, also, when I was on the flight, I busted up my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> of course. And I resumed playing Octopath Traveler, which I have not played in quite some time. And Honestly, I completely forgot what the heck I was doing and where I was supposed to go. And I mean, apparently this title is like a hundred hour plus long title. I'm not that far in the game, but at the same time, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I have no memory of this place. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like literally having to backtrack my way through. I'm like, what? Okay. I kind of remember this here and everything else. Anyway, I'm going to make more of an effort to stay on it because it is a fun game. It's a classic RPG approach and, and you know, the, the graphics engine is really cool. And so, I mean, that's fun. I also bought uh, call of duty, modern warfare, which just uh, released this week. I literally have put about five minutes into it just to, just to get a little glimpse, just a little peek as to what's going on with that. But we'll probably have that be our topic of the day next week. Just when we're able to have a, a few hours under our belts and we can have our, our impressions of it. I actually watched John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum again while I was on the flight as well, Steve. Now, while you so did you watch it on your Switch or your phone or how'd you watch it? On my phone. Okay, I watched it on my phone, and uh, I was really glad that I did. I was reminded of how amazing that movie is, how much I love the world of John Wick, and I really hope that they never stop making sequels. I hope that Keanu Reeves is in his nineties and they're still cranking these things out. <laughs> It'd be fantastic, but. That movie came out earlier this year. I sure did. I think it's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Okay. Um, anyway, um, okay, finally. Yes. For me. Okay. I'm really starting to get into a cartoon TV show called Little Big Awesome. Have you heard about it? I've heard of it. Yes. I am not sure who the creator is, but I know that Weird Al Yankovic is actually in it. Like he, he's his character is the sun. You see his face in like okay. in like this plush toy sun thing that happens every once in a while. I am here to tell you, Steve, you need to check this out because it is some of the coolest approaches in terms of art direction with the with just how the cartoon looks, and the dialogue is so good. I mean, it's, I feel as though like, like as I'm watching, cause my daughter's really into it. Like she, she started really, uh, having kind of a, a hankering to watch it more and more. And so then naturally I'm sitting down and go, okay, what is this thing? And I gotta say, like, it just, 
it's, it's just as fun for adults as it is for kids. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Invader Zim in terms of like when Invader Zim came out, it was a very different cartoon art direction than what you would typically be expecting. And the humor itself could be funny for children, but also funny for adults. Now, the sense of humor in Little Big Awesome is very different from Invader Zim. I mean, it doesn't, they, they, they're worlds apart in terms of how they approach it, but I want you to sit down and watch a few episodes because I really do think that you would dig it too. It's just, it's just this really fun, creative, clever show that just, you could literally have it on the background while you're doing something else and you can just look over once in a while and just enjoy it. It's, I don't know. It's really great. So we have one story in gaming news and then I'll just plop into movie news but the gaming news article that is pretty crazy is that the popular streamer by the name of shroud leaves twitch and joins mixer he ended up announcing on twitter that he is making the leap from twitch to mixer and in the tweet he wrote quote same shroud new home according to his twitch shroud had over 7 million followers on the platform and a recent Business Insider survey listed Shroud as the second most popular streamer on Twitch behind only Tifu. I'm not sure who, I actually haven't seen Tifu before, but what I find interesting about this article is that he is the second really big streamer to leave Twitch right after Ninja. Of course, Ninja is probably one of the most popular streamers out there. His numbers continue to grow. But it shows how there there definitely is some sort of disconnect that's going on with the platform of Twitch. We're like, whatever the reason. I mean, with the first one, Ninja, you know, I could see Microsoft approaching them and saying, hey, we're going to offer you this really lucrative deal. If you come be exclusive with us, leave that platform. But seeing now another one who's super high and popular and everything else, it makes me wonder, is, is there going to be more to come? Are there going to be more streamers who are making a, a grand exodus from Twitch over to Mixer? And why? Why? What is the pull? Maybe us too. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Actually, I was going to ask you a question. Ah. Well, so what? What? So Ninja did Fortnite. What does Shroud play mostly? I am not exactly sure what his mainstays are. I know he does play some Fortnite. I think he plays Call of Duty. Ah. Uh, but I mean, even Ninja, I mean, he's not only Fortnite. You know, he'll play Sea of Thieves. He'll try out Call of Duty. He'll try, he'll, he'll try out different games and, and that sort of thing. But I think Fortnite is kind of his bread and butter when it comes to that. So, I don't know. I mean, Mixer might be the, the new king to rule them all. You know, you never know. So, when it comes to movie news, we've got two little guys here that I just thought I'd be, uh, you know what? Hold on a second. I want my official movie news. This one just, just doesn't work for me, Steve. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it over. Oh. Well, all right then. My goodness, I feel like I'm back in Hollywood already. <laughs> so, the first article here I thought was interesting is that the Joker movie is on course to be as profitable as Avengers Infinity War. Have you heard about this? I have. The movie has made, apparently, $745 million worldwide. But the budget of the Joker movie was $50 million. 
According to Cinema Blend, the revenue and profit are two very different things, of course, but it looks like the Joker is going to make a nice little profit for Warner Brothers because at this point, the expectation is that Joker could end up adding nearly a half a billion with a capital B as in boy dollars to the studio's bottom line, which is about on par with what Avengers Infinity War made for Disney. Now, the Deadline website is pegging the profit for Joker to be something around $464 million when all said and done. That number is apparently just short of what Infinity War made for Marvel Studios, which was closer to an even half a billion dollars. And I, I was doing some more digging, and it's estimated that Disney probably spent around $321 million on the budget of Infinity War. So you can see how, like, you know, if you carry the one and do some adding and subtracting and everything else. I mean, really, when it comes down to the bottom line numbers, the Joker has a chance of actually making the same amount as Infinity War, which, of course, Infinity War is different than Endgame. Endgame made, I think, more money than Infinity War. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's uh, got to go towards some better computer effects, some better props, maybe some practical effects, you know, maybe some on-location filming for once. You know what I mean, Russ? Well, I think that's kind of the, the general consensus, too, of the, the folks out there is just that, you know, the, the Marvel movies like like Avengers, there was so much C CGI. It was almost like a roller coaster ride of sorts with special effects and stuff. And that's perfectly fine. I You know, I myself love Infinity War, as I know you really enjoyed it as well. But a movie like Joker, there I don't think there was any kind of CGI whatsoever. It was just much more of your classic filmmaking and that sort of thing. And I don't know. I mean, it's there's something to be said for it. And I definitely congratulate Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix on a mission accomplished on that one. Well, I can tell you what can be said for it, Russ. And what's that, Steve? A good story and well-acted plot, everything, doesn't need a whole lot of money and computer effects and all this big bag whiz boom pow hey to be a good movie make a lot of money a good story you know does saying? go a long way right indeed so the next thing on here for movie news is the fact that there was the latest star wars rise of skywalker trailer that dropped earlier this week let's give it just a little look-see and then we'll give provide our reactions later instinct feeling the force brought us together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. 
Steve, when I look at something like that, obviously the visuals are gorgeous. I mean, you, you, you could freeze frame that anywhere, and the technicality, the artistry is definitely there. But, you know, the, there's, there's one slight problem. The one slight problem I have, Steve, and that is that I have no emotional attachment to the plot right. or the story. There right. is... The, the, I mean, this is nothing surprising, of course, just because of our uh, reviews of the first uh, two films within you know, seven, eight, and now we're looking at nine here. But um, it's just crazy when you look at it because the, the marketing aspect of the trailer is really well done. I, you know, I have no problem with that whatsoever, but, but the whole time I'm looking at these different characters and I'm thinking to myself, I don't care about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll see it, but... I can't tell you I'm excited. Yeah. Like, I think that's the hardest thing is when I watch it, I'm just reminded of how Ray is completely invincible, how she has no type of vice. She doesn't fail at anything. Um, I mean, Flynn is, is, is in there as well. And, and they're all throwaway characters. Well, it's, it's like, yeah, like none of the characters, uh, really yeah on this trilogy like we've this is the third film we've had these characters right and i don't care anything for them i have no attachment i have i don't care about any of them i mean there's the lando calrissian's in it so i care about him yes a lot but everybody else is i, I really don't care what happens to any of them yeah it is unfortunate too because i mean there's so much money that has been spent throughout this this latest trilogy of Star Wars and looking at what they've been able to come up with. I mean, again, this is almost kind of like the opposite of what we just talked about with Joker, where it's like, you know, George Lucas himself way back in the day said a special effect without a story is a pretty boring thing. And he was right on the money. AKA Joker didn't need any special effects. So you had a story, that's all you need. You have a compelling story and you have characters that are identifiable or um, ones that generate empathy or sympathy and, and, you know, a whole cascade of other types of emotions and you got yourself a winner. And I think that is the biggest problem with this moving forward is just the plot line is, is such a, a train wreck and <laughs> is it really, I would say BB eight is probably the one character that I thought, <laughs> okay, yeah, I like BB eight. That's cool. But I mean, when you, when you, you have all these other characters that have been introduced through the last two movies, that's a big problem, especially when you look at the original trilogy and how much in love everyone was right. with the characters 
from the first two films. Yeah. The whole thing's just been sabotaged. It really has. <laughs> like you, I mean, I watched this trailer and I'm thinking, there's no magic. It's just, well, what, what's the point of us being here? Yeah. Like, what? Well, why are we, you know, it's, it's like they, they've had to rely on trying to trudge through some of the, the tokens of memorabilia from the original star Wars trilogy in order to drum up some level of, um, nostalgia or, or empathy or whatever it is. But it's like, man, that's a big problem. If you can't move forward from there. I mean, we could talk about that. It's almost like they removed the fantasy from sci-fi. I don't know. It's just crazy. We, of course, I mean, we're, we're going to go see it, but it is just insane to me how I, I don't know. I have become so detached from the star Wars universe that back in the day, I would be soiling myself in anticipation to see a Star Wars movie. And now it's like, I never thought I would say, come to the point where I would say like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll check it out. You know, we'll see it and whatever. You know, sure like, not like, like, what the heck? <laughs> what has happened? Now, did you see the deep fake that I posted on social media? I posted on Joygasm on Twitter and Facebook. And it's a, it's a great video that someone had actually created a deep fake of George Lucas. Oh, I know. I saw you posted it. I did not look at it. You've got to watch it. In fact, all you listeners out there, you got to check this out. Someone posted a deep fake, which if you don't know what a deep fake is, um, there's this new technology that's out where you can actually um, manipulate someone's face to look just like someone else. So like you've seen, I mean, there have been various uh, examples of this on YouTube where like if someone um, is like Bill Hader, for example, like he'll be on a, a Tonight Show and he'll be doing an impression of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and someone has actually been able to, to turn his face into Arnold Schwarzenegger when he does the impression and then turn it back to his face. It's spooky like how well it looks. So they did the same thing with some other actor um, uh, and he's acting like George Lucas. And I mean, it's, it's really funny to watch, but I mean, they are just, they're taking the standpoint that George is watching that same trailer for the first time and he's just bagging on it the entire time. It's, it's gold. It's pure gold. <laughs> Prepare to slap some zombies. It's time for the topic of the day. <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think I would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. Welcome to Zombieland. Life is about more than just survival. 
We were a family. Dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I'd really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you like. It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, dog. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Light him up! No! That's my right! Oh, my apologies, little Elvis. Okay, is it me or does, does he kind of remind you of. I don't, I don't like you. At all. I think you double parked. <laughs> One more. Perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? Hello, everyone. Am I hallucinating? <laughs> Steve, are you a little constipated on the toilet? No, I just... Uh, Did you drink too much? Indigestion. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fine zombie sound, I must yeah, say. Yeah, thank you. I've been practicing on the plane. On the plane? <laughs> By the way, we had a lot of crazy turbulence coming in. Did you have a lot of crazy yeah, turbulence coming did. to Texas? Yeah, but actually both ways we did. A couple of... Oh my gosh, what in the world? Oh, Steve belt sign has come on. Yeah. The, the, the pilot comes on. Yeah, no, no, I got it, I got it. Uh, would everybody yeah. please put their seatbelts up? We're going to be... We'll be landing in five minutes. Thank you very much. They always have that like <laughs> uber sedated sound in their voices, like they're gonna fall asleep <laughs> while flying us to our destination or something. We had one of ours like whisper to us, like, "What is he saying?" Like as if somebody was asleep up yeah. in the cabin. They're yeah. like, "Hey, everybody, um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, the co-pilot is taking a power nap, so um, I don't wake him up." What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, our topic of the day is Zombieland 2 Double Tap Movie Review. So we're going to begin by giving our high-level impressions of the film and then drill down into spoiler territory uh, with the following categories of cast and crew, the plot, the script, cinematography, soundtrack, and costumes. So high-level thoughts. I'm going to start us off with this time. Um... I think... Well, first of... Okay, first and foremost, I, when I saw the movie, I realized... And the first film came out 10 years ago. Yeah. That blows my mind. Really? I, I'm, I, that's, yeah, it's been about 10 years. It's insane. I mean, that, that means I was actually talking to my wife about this. It was like one of the first movies that we watched as a dating couple because Aww. we started to date in 2009. Aww, and that film came out in October 2nd, Steve, which was pretty wow. crazy to think about. And in fact... I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was when you started around that time to date Almost. your blushing bride. Mm -hmm. Almost. Hey, babe. 
You want to go see Zombieland? Ugh. Ugh. Sounds great. Ugh, sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my thing is, is like, why did it take so long for the sequel to come out? Because I personally am a big fan of the first movie. I love the first Zombieland movie. I was like, yes, more please. I want to see some more. And uh, it just wasn't the case. So um, overall, I thought it was fun seeing the crew back together again. And uh, with the exception of Little Rock, and they all somehow look exactly the same. Yeah. That's what threw me off, too. I'm, I'm looking at I'm thinking, thank you, science. Again, to, to, <laughs> to quote the, the awesome Gandalf, you have an extra day. That's right. This is crazy. I like the new characters. That's another thing. We'll get into that later. But all of the, all the new characters that got introduced into this world of Zombieland, um, I definitely give a thumbs up to. I think the film um, is not as groundbreaking due to, I think, the sheer amount of just zombie shows and video games we've seen over the last decade. You know, I think that, that a lot of what they did was novel when the first film came out. But I mean, zombies just became so popular. Everybody was doing it. And so seeing this one, I was, I was like, you know, I, I was happy to be there for it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's not as much on the level as the, the first one was. But I do think it's worth seeing if you're a fan of the original movie. Um, yes, Russ. I'll just jump right in. I think that's why they waited so long to bring out the second movie because when the first one came out, it was kind of right on that uptick of, oh, zombies are cool now. Let's just do zombies and games and movies and right. Comic-Con and everywhere and on TV. Yeah, yeah. And so they thought, mm, it's probably going to be zombied out, just kind of like how everyone's kind of getting superheroed out, you know, Marvel saturation. And so I think actually it was pretty smart on their end to go, hey, you know, it's been a little while, you know, zombies kind of on the way out, but this was still a well-accepted movie. My little mom was Put out another sequel out there. Indeed. I, I think you're on something there. Thank you. What were your high-level thoughts, Steve? Well, I thought it was fun. I just didn't think it was that funny. But the thing- Really? Yeah, I, you know, it was a chuckle. I was chuckling and I go, oh, that happened. Okay. I'm not laughing. It's been 20 minutes. Um, You know, so that's not to say it sucked. Uh, I'm not saying that. I mm. was entertained by the movie. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Am so, I going to give you a thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> so I, I did like how the movie was scripted. I, I too liked the characters. Uh, I liked how the story went. I, it, I just went into it thinking it was going to be funnier than it actually was mm. for me. Nice. Yeah, I know you and I kind of laugh at some different things, Russ. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you have a broader sense of humor than I do. Maybe I look for, um, I don't know, maybe I just look for the more of the, of the quality. You know, maybe, maybe you just look for more of the quantity. I don't know. I like more of the quality. I, I don't, don't know, know, Russ. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I did like how they, uh, I almost stopped myself right there. See, I stopped myself. I was going to give a spoiler away. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, let, let's go ahead and uh, sashay into the spoiler elevator then without further ado. And Steve, uh, what rule is check the elevator, by the way? It, it is. check. Must check the elevator. Must be rule number 78. You didn't get bit, did you? Only by you. Well, Maybe uh, a nibble. A nibble. By my wife. A nibble alert. <laughs> no, no, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was you. Uh, I, I put on some lipstick and... Uh, uh, yeah. I'll sign up over that there. You know, it's funny. Actually, you said that because 
my wife handed me like this carbonated drink and she goes, hey, you'll try this. And I go, great. I put a little, I put a little back. Here, and then try can't. this. See if it's bad. <laughs> see, see if you die first and I'll have some. So then I tried it and then she came up to give me a kiss and she goes, hey, why do you smell sweet? I'm like, you're kidding me, right? You just gave me a sweet drink. She goes, oh yeah, I was just going to say, because you smell like raspberries. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> it's like me, fruity, yet oddly appealing, with a burp at the end. Oh. <laughs> we have reached the spoiler floor, and so we're going to go into our spoiler version of our review of the film. So if you haven't seen it, make sure you pause this, or if you don't care, then just keep listening. So the first thing I want to talk about here is the cast and crew. I know we've been doing the plot stuff for a while, but I, I feel compelled to just give them their due diligence just be, simply because this is probably one of the strongest aspects of the film. You have Woody Harrelson, who plays Tallahassee. You have Jesse Eisenberg, who played Columbus. You have Emma Stone, who was Wichita. Abigail Breslin, who was Little Rock. And, you know, she was like a kid in the first film. Zoe, and I, I want to make sure I say this, it's either Dutch or Dutch. Her last name is spelled D-E-U-T-C-H. I'm just going to say Dutch, and I apologize if that's not correct. But she played Madison. She was like the, the blonde. Mm-hmm. Do you know who she looked like was Tay Leone. Really? Yeah. Remember, she was in uh, Bad Boys 1, and she was in, you know, she was the, the main Oh, man, it's been, it's been a while since I've seen it. She's married to, or was married to David Duchovny. Mm. And she was in The Family Man with Nick Nicholas Cage. Okay, I remember Family Man. Uh-huh. Which character was she? Well, the sister? The wife. No, yeah. not the wife. Oh yeah. No, well, no, Tia. Okay, t- okay. Okay, I get, I get, I get, I get, I can kind of get there. Okay, kind of get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There was also Avon uh, Hoogia, I believe is how how you pronounce his last name, who was Berkeley hippie and there was of course one of my favorites rosario dawson who played nevada she was awesome luke wilson was albuquerque thomas middleditch was flagstaff okay so if you've been paying attention to all those character names i think it's really funny how they're all named after locations in the united states you right notice that? yeah like, yeah did they ever explain why that is i think they explained it in the first movie I mean, they, they didn't explain it in the second movie. Yeah. But they, they explained it in the first movie. For some reason, I find that really cool. I like how, like, the, those are just everybody's names. It's just different places in the country. So, uh, Woody Harrelson, you cannot go wrong with Woody. He is amazing. I love his Tallahassee character. It, it, it just puts, it puts a smile on my face. It's just fun to watch him do his thing. Did you enjoy him? I did. Yeah. No, he, he's, uh, he's a great character, and he has great chemistry with... Uh, Columbus. Yes. Tallahassee and Columbus, obviously, um, fan, I mean, that's probably one of the strongest chemistries in the, the entire movie. And it's nice too, with, with Emma Stone playing Wichita, you know, I think that her, uh, grounded down to earth character is just a, it's a nice contrast to, to some of the, the stuff that, that, um, Columbus and Tallahassee find themselves in that sort of thing. I mean, and even Little Rock is fun too. It threw me off though to see her so much older. Right. I'm like, wait, who is that? Oh my gosh, that's the kid. Yeah. So, um, what did you think of Zoe's performance as Madison? I, I thought that was a fantastic addition to the character roster. Yeah. I, well, I mean, that's a point that 
can be made is if they brought someone else in who's similar to one of the characters we already know. Too right. much of that is going to be the same thing. So you have to. Throw you gotta in, have original character archetypes. Yeah, you gotta throw a wrench in the machine in a sense. A candy wrench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a candy. A, a pink. A pink cotton candy wrench. Mm-hmm. And so she was fine. I just kind of got tired of it because it. it she's the constant joke in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so it, whenever the camera's on her, you already know she's going to say something an airhead would say, and then she would say something an airhead would say, and you're like, yeah, that's what I expected. So you already kind of knew like a quarter of the punchline was going to be there. And then you saw it. You're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think the key though, is that her delivery was on point. Like anybody could have done like, Oh, I'm going to play an airhead or whatever. Right. And it could be forgettable. For some reason, she is so adorable in the movie with being an airhead and her ability to pull that stuff off. I mean, like I even saw certain scenes in the trailer and I saw it in the movie and I still laughed. Like when she didn't have her seatbelt on, she just goes flying forward and hits the front of the dash in the van. It was, I still found that funny, but it was only because of how she delivered that whole performance. I, I mean, and I haven't even heard of Zoe. I don't know of any other films that she's been in. At least, I mean, obviously she's been in other films, but I haven't seen them myself. Um, and of course, the guy who played um, Berkeley, Avon, um, again, I mean, he, I really feel like he embodied the city of Berkeley in that <laughs> character. I mean, of course, we've been through Berkeley many times. We've seen the the culture and the persona and stuff. And I don't know. It was just really fun <laughs> to be able to like see more of these like really funny character archetypes that got added in and just, you know, it's almost like you're having like some sort of science experiment where you're adding these different components into this formula and you're going to see like how it, you know, shakes out. So, so to speak, when you, when you shake the, the beaker, is it beaker? Yeah. Just like the Sesame street character. (laughs) No, no, no. Calm down. Beaker. (laughs) (laughs) That poor guy. Uh, so yeah. So then on top of that, of course, with Luke Wilson being Albuquerque and Thomas Middleditch being Flagstaff, we saw a bit of this in the trailer, but again, it was just, I think the, the ridiculousness of it was just perfect for this world. Yeah. Although I think they kind of had a little bit too much of a bromance between the two. Like, okay, what's kind of going on here? Cause I expected them to be identical and they were with how they spoke and the words they used, yeah. but not towards their, uh, I guess, chemistry or affection towards each other. Mm-hmm. Cause Woody Harrelson's character is, he's kind of more of like the tough love yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't see Luke Wilson's character having the tough love per, you know, kind of characteristics with the other, his, his partner. Yeah. Well, and I, so Okay, let, let, let's uh, let's go into plot here. So the plot itself is, is very straightforward. I mean, Little Rock needs space from Tallahassee, so she leaves. And then, of course, Wichita obviously uh, gets spooked by the, the marriage proposal from Columbus. And so the girls just all of a sudden just leave a note and take off and ditch the two guys. And they're like, what the heck is going on? And Wichita ends up coming back and realizing that she lost Little Rock and she's concerned for her safety because she went to go um, hang out with Berkeley and everything else. And and so that's kind of the motivation of it. I think I would have preferred there to have, I don't know, some other kind of overarching plot line. I mean, it's fine if like, if someone from your party goes missing or they, they run off or whatever it is and that acts as a vehicle for everybody to have to like go to a different part of the country or whatever and, and experience different types of adventures. I get that. But for some reason, I think this one, 
didn't have quite the the kind of the the crazy awesome road trip, so to speak, that I wanted to see. What do you think? That's true. Yeah, they they did not have as much excitement. There wasn't as much of like mystery. What's going to happen here? Where are they going to go? It was kind of centered around where are we going to settle in a sense. Uh, you know, they were settling at the White House. I really but, like the White House. I was like, just, I was like, is this a set or do they actually use the White House? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, so, but, it's, but it's still like, I thought that was a, for, a terrific setup for them to live in the White House. I thought that was a great setup. Yeah. I kind of wish there were some more characters, but I'm glad they didn't overfeed us with that. But, um, but, but, see, I, but I agree. I think that what, what probably, what I would have preferred to have seen is they're just on this crazy road trip and they meet crazy character after crazy character, not crazy in the literal sense, but just, you know, these memorable characters that you come across and you're like, what the heck? Like, you know, having like the, the doppelganger effect of, of, of Luke Wilson and, and um, Thomas come in and, and, you know, basically look like Tallahassee and Columbus and act like them. Perfect. Yeah. But, but that needs to be just one of their pit stops. There needs to be all kinds of pit stops they make along the way. And, and of course too, the zombie portion of, of things. Um, but did, did you have a, a, another thought you wanted to finish or? Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad they, like, they switched up the zombies too. You know, they had like the smarter zombies or like the tougher ones, but they weren't crazy tough. Like something you'd see out of resident evil. They were just took a little more damage and, you know, they realized that some of them, I guess, were a little smarter. They could figure out simple puzzles. So I thought that was kind of cool. I like, okay. So when it came to the zombies, I liked the setup. I liked how they had classifications for different types of zombies that they've come across. However, they never expanded upon that. Right. They set us up to explain, oh, we have like the, the Hawkings, we have the Homers, uh, we the have ninjas. the T-800s, we have the ninjas. But in the film, you really, we never yeah. saw them have to take on those different classes of zombies. Not to mention, it would have been awesome if they were to discover like maybe another class because the T-800 thing, like they had heard about kind of, sort of, and then they came across one of them that, that Tallahassee dispatched of. But like, I wanted to see a whole lot more craziness because in the first film, I mean, there were all kinds of different things that were happening. We, we were just like, oh my gosh. And um, there were a lot of like, I don't know, pretty nifty approaches to how they dispatched the zombies in the first film. And this one, it was just kind of straightforward. Like they had their guns and they were doing their thing. And I think there was like one time when they were outside and Columbus was on top of the, the, the RV van and giving directions as to like where the zombies were coming from. And there was one that was going to attack Columbus on top of the van. And he ended up like going off and like landing on his head in front of the van. That was the one time I saw a zombie kill. I was like, Ooh man, that was gnarly. I wanted to see more gnarly. Right. I wanted to see more of those creative types of approaches to how the zombies just get taken out. Yeah. They, they told us about the, the zombie killer of the week and then of the year and and they but okay so and I, i'm glad you brought that up too because i got a little confused as to who these it's like they were showing random people in the world who were doing things and i guess word spread of like i guess how they did it and right. so then there was kind of i mean because they didn't have internet they didn't have phones <laughs> but i guess like word of mouth kind of spread and so then somehow they're slowly, meeting people yeah, I don't yeah. Even know. like what in the world yeah but I, I wish that they would have taken that further too. Cause I like the idea of it, but maybe like, instead of it being worldwide international thing, cause I don't see how someone in Italy could do something and then have it reach 
the United States and people are like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so with yeah. well, how they did it? You know, With no phone. And- I think I would have preferred to, if they kept it just within their their group. Right. And like be or maybe some of the people who they come across, like when they're when they're talking to Albuquerque and Flagstaff and they compare notes and stuff. And they're like, well, we did this one, you know, and, you know, they can have fun with the motion graphics coming in and showing stuff. And as they have flashbacks as to how they had some sort of amazing dispatching of a zombie. <laughs> that would have been a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're not really supposed to think about it too much, but. That kind of causes you to to think about it. Okay, you're, am I supposed to set my brain at the door? Or how much am I supposed to think about this? Because right. you know, you guys don't have smartphones, you don't have the internet, you don't have phones. You're you're telling us that there's hardly anybody living that you can even talk to and get news from other different areas. And so, but you know, all these worldwide events <laughs> somehow someone's keeping track of all the the epic zombie kills. Yeah, it's definitely not a critical thinking movie by any stretch, but I think because of the setup of as to how they're approaching right. the subject material, it's yeah. like you have got to really push that envelope far. Like, like just don't stop here. You know, you got to really get that that edginess in there. And I mean, that's, that's what part of what Zombieland is. So. They end up, of course, coming to some kind of pacifist place called Babylon. And uh, (laughs) I did like the idea of how they had to melt their guns. Because, I mean, in a world filled with zombies, that's the last thing you want to do. And you're thinking, how on earth are they going to try and get through this? So that that was kind of interesting, too. And I don't know. I mean, um, moving over to uh, cinematography and special effects... I was actually disappointed as to how the zombies looked. And I realized it is a byproduct of the fact that there has been so much zombiness over the last 10 years. Like when you watch The Walking Dead, for instance, those look good. Oh my gosh. Like, like <laughs> yeah. they, they really did an amazing job on the, the practical makeup effects of the zombies there. I mean, they, they look crazy good or, or any of the number of other zombie movies that have come out where like they've had different types of approaches to things. Even the games. I mean, we, we were playing resident evil Two remake earlier this year and the zombies, of course, and they got a big graphics upgrade and they look, you know, gross and terrifying and everything else. And so that was something that, that I was wishing that they had done something a bit different or maybe like it was just so overly gross. And again, I think a good way to think of this is scenarios come up with a lot of just hysterical, scary scenarios that they can find themselves in. Like for instance, zombies are really droop or, or, or excuse me, uh, goopy, right? They've got all kinds of different bodily fluids and stuff that are stained on their skin or they're drooling or whatever it is. I mean, you could have like, imagine Tallahassee is stuck and there's some zombie who's trying to get him and he's trying to bite him and he's holding him back. And there's just a ridiculous amount of nasty body fluids that are just coming out of the zombie's mouth and eyes and ears and everything. And it's like dripping all over like Tallahassee's face and he's freaking out. Like I could see them totally hamming that up and having a blast with that. Kind of like in a way, um, how Trey Parker and Matt Stone handle their like, like team America world police when like, <laughs> like for instance, when they had the main character who was vomiting profusely, just, just totally ridiculous over the top, impossible to vomit that much, but they just did it. And it was just hilarious. Cause you're just like, wow, you guys just really went there. Didn't you? Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I got visions in my head. Anyway, what do you think of the special effects in there? Well, I I didn't really see any special effects. Actually, there really weren't a yeah. whole lot of special effects. I mean, it was more. I was thinking more about like makeup effects. 
Yeah, the makeup effects. Yeah, it wasn't anything. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you there. It wasn't really much to, you know, be impressed or write home about. It was just kind of there, and you thought, okay, well, awesome. I guess the special effects will be shooting stuff and blowing stuff up, maybe. Well, and I think that the same can be said even for the soundtrack as well as the costumes, where it was just kind of like, okay, it's there. It serves its purpose. There was nothing that really like, you know, stood out to me as, as whoa, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's go into some movie trivia courtesy of IMDb. Um, the Elvis classic Burning Love that is played during the end credits was performed actually by Woody Harrelson himself. <laughs> That's cool. Not too shabby. That's awesome. As of 2015, all four leads in this film have been nominated for Academy Awards for their performances in other films. In 2017, Emma Stone became the first to win an Oscar for La La Land, which I don't think I've seen yet. No. I need to take a little look, see. Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch's characters are called Albuquerque and Flagstaff, respectively. These were going to be the original names of Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> characters, <laughs> respectively, <laughs> before Tallahassee and Columbus were chosen for them. That's funny. Not too shabby. You can, I, you can almost see, like, someone getting the idea in their head, like, oh, oh, I just got a good idea. <laughs> I got something, I got something. Hey, 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 come here. <laughs> In Zombieland from 2009, Woody Harrelson is always on the lookout for Twinkies and is extremely upset when he finds a truck full of snowballs instead. Remember that? I do. In the show Cheers, the classic TV show that Woody Harrelson was in, specifically, there is an episode titled Rat Girl, and Woody Harrelson's character states that he thinks snowballs are better than Twinkies because they are, quote, bite-sized and shoves a whole snowball in his mouth. A little bit of the old career irony there, if you will. <laughs> now, this one blew my mind. Ryan Reynolds was considered for the role of Albuquerque, but had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, I, I mean, he could do it. He could pull it off for sure, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't. My thing is, is yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that Luke Wilson did it because I think he did a good job with it. Yeah. However, I want to see, I would love to have seen Ryan Reynolds play a character in the world of Zombieland as perhaps True. another pit stop that they right. get to. Do you realize how amazingly awesome that would be? Or maybe he could even join the group as a part of, you know, with Tallahassee and Columbus and Wichita and Little Rock. It would have been awesome to have him there. Maybe like a ZZ Top beard or something like that. He hadn't shaved. Just some like caveman surviving in the wilderness. Yeah. Even when we saw the Fast and the Furious movie... And Ryan, we we had no idea Ryan Reynolds was going to be it. That was like one of the highlights of the entire movie was like the scenes that he was in was fantastic. Right. I mean, even Kevin Hart, like having Kevin Hart yeah, in, Kevin. in Zombieland would be great. True. Finally, the end of the film reveals that day zero, which is the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, coincided with the 2009 release of Garfield 3, right. Flabby Tabby, and shows a zombie outbreak during the press interviews for the film with Bill, Bill Murray. Bill Murray never made a third Garfield film, actually, in, you know, in real life. It was just a fictional thing they did for the film. And that is your movie trivia cruise. Ah, there you go. Now, okay, so it is worth mentioning, too. Did you guys stay for the credits? Did you see the Bill Murray scenes? Yes. I was about to. I had to pee so bad. <laughs> and I got up, and then I heard uh, What's-His-Face uh, get on the thing and started talking. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit back down, man. I'm dying. I'm about to start pissing my pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I got to say that that actually was one of the highlights of the entire film for me. I just love Bill. I mean, we both love Bill Murray. Right. Bill Murray is amazing. He's, he's, he's a genius. He is one of the funniest. His My goodness. He, he is such a pleasure to watch on screen, I must say. Indeed. And watching him do what he did with Al Roker and everything else, I was just like, oh. Thank you. Like, I loved how the movie was self-aware of that. Like, okay, fine. You know, he got married and it's my fault. You know, like, we have something here that will hopefully make up for it. And I'm like, oh, wait, what are they going to do? And it was just really fun to have that whole entire scene. And again, that was almost a taste of what I was talking about earlier about like having those crazy over the top scenarios that are just, you're like, what is going on? What is happening? I'm taking, I'm being taken on this wild ride and I love it. <laughs> So, Steve, yeah. what are your final thoughts and rating of this movie? Well, final thoughts are, if you haven't seen the first one, you're not really going to enjoy this one because this is just getting the band together again and having a fun time. Fun time meaning you're going to be entertained, you're going to have some chuckles, it's just not going to be hilarious. I think uh, it's its own kind of culture classic, uh, you know, kind of Cult movie. classic. Yeah. Sure. So anyhow, it was it was fun. It wasn't grotesque. I'm glad it wasn't grotesque. I'd probably just give it um, you know a three star. Okay. I, I don't say I, I was thinking two and a half, three, but I'll, I'll say a three because I, I didn't feel like it was a waste of time. I don't. I'm probably not going to see it again. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and it was definitely fun. So fun equals three, Russ. Oh, you know what I'm saying? My goodness. Well. I thought the original movie was better than the sequel. I think that it's, as a general rule, it's always hard to kind of up the ante and actually become better than the original movie as a sequel, just because the, the original obviously has a lot of novel ideas that people haven't seen or experienced before. And so it's just this first time ride. I also think personally, it was a mistake to wait as long as they did. I, I understand. And I actually, I really do agree with your interpretation of why they Thank waited. You. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that was a disservice to them um, overall just because we got spoiled as a viewing community of seeing all this other great zombie stuff, for lack of a better word of saying it, where we we just we got spoiled with all these crazy stories of humanity and zombie apocalypse, whether it was like the AMC was Walking Dead um, or any number of the, the zombie movies that have come out since the, the Zombieland movie did come out, as well as the video games. I mean, the Telltale games, uh, zombie games, the Resident Evil series. Left for Dead. Uh, the Metro Exodus, in, in kind of a way, is, is you know, it's not it's not predominantly zombie, but there's it's kind of in that same vein. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that, that we have consumed, and we've been very thankful for all of that. But I just wish that they had made that sequel perhaps in like 2011 or something, just like a year or two after the original came out, because it would have had the opportunity for them to be able to explore the world that they were in. So having said that, I do think the chemistry between the actors was still good. You know, this movie, because of the sharp writing, it is a comedy. You got to have that chemistry there. It was good. Definitely enjoyed, like I said, the addition of the newer characters. I really wanted to see more of that. And I got to say, overall, I'm going to give this film 2.5 stars. Okay. Well, that's 2.5. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, I thought it was worth one viewing. I thought it was worth uh, checking out. 
And uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely would recommend for those people who are fans of the original, definitely go and see this one because it is a fun trip to be able to get, the, like you said, the band back together again. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week when we talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week!